Well, good evening. It's Wednesday. It is November the 18th in the year 2020. My name is Tom Kearney, and we've got a little bit of live and in real-time radio. The Tom Kearney Show, of course, is on every night, Monday through Friday from 9 until 10. And we try to bring you programs that edify and entertain you. And, uh, oh, about five or eight years ago, we... we uh, picked up a new routine, not a routine, regular guest that we had wish we had picked up before, and he was in, in the employee of the state uh, uh, division of uh, cultural resources, and his name was Joe Newberry, but he was otherwise known as a pretty good banjo picker, and uh, <laughs> so uh, uh, I, that probably wasn't good enough, Joe, <laughs> but Joe Newberry is, is our guest tonight. And I don't know if I should say this, Joe, but we this is this is a new circumstance. But I have been doing this for 38 years, and there's hardly any circumstance that I haven't done a radio program in. So uh, right, and so and as you know, and so on. But uh, Joe, I think is somewhere on the road. I don't know whether he's driving or he's being driven. But in any case, uh, I'm 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 driving, but driving very carefully. Um, <clears throat> hello, Tom, and hello, everybody. I I love. I, I love being with you, and I, I, uh, I've been working some with the Department of Cultural Resources on a project they've got going um, called NC Student Connect, and so we're putting in hotspots for uh, students who don't have Wi-Fi access at home. We're putting them in, in parking, parking lines, is what they call them, and I've been down at the coast all day, and I thought I was going to be able to get back to a Really good, solid landmine, and you know what they say about the best laid plans. Oh, don't, don't ever, don't ever have any. Don't ever have any. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Um, but, but uh, hopefully the cell signal is good, and it's a nice, cool night, and uh, and not much traffic on the road, so we can have a good conversation. How have you been, Tom? I've I've been okay. I you know, recovered from my worries. I. I I dropped something on my lap yesterday and ruined a pair of pants or something. I don't remember oh. what it was, but no, I, I, I think it was hot coffee. Uh, but I said to Mrs. Kearney, who was sitting across the room, 2020 is just not going to be my year. <laughs> and well, you know, they say 2020, hindsight is 2020, and I don't want to have anything to do with those numbers anymore. Uh, that's right. Uh, uh, I guess I'll have to hope my eyesight is 2025 or something. I don't know if yes. I should tell this, but this joke was in one of my favorite movies, and it's a Hallmark movie, so it can't be too bad. Right. And I just You mentioned a term that was used in it. Uh, it is a, a series of movies called Signed, Sealed, and Delivered, which is about people in the dead letter office uh, being kind of detectives. But the best part of it is a sort of a sideline romance going on between the, the, the director is very stiff and very formal and very old-fashioned. And a new lady who comes to work who is their uh, computer guy, person. Are you with me? Yeah. And he's always making fun of her for having her nose stuck in her laptop and everything. And they get, they go on a research trip and uh, they get stop at this fruit stand. And, they, and when they come out, she has uh, a map, you know, paper. Uh, and he says, "What's wrong? I, I, who, what has happened to, to my friend Shane, and who stole her?" And she said, "Well, I've got a map here." And he says, "Well, I thought you were hung up on a computer." And she says, "Well, uh, something happened to my hotspot." And he says, "What did you say?" And we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> but I said, as I say, it was in a uh, Hallmark 
going back to using paper, which is what I would have been using any, anyway. Well, somebody somebody asked me the other day if if you were to if you were to title a um, a Hallmark Christmas movie, what it would be called, and my mine was I'll be home for Christmas, and I'll be home for Christmas next year too. <laughs> and, and, and after that, also. Well, I and, uh, hopefully, hopefully we're going to get back. You know, I've, I've been off the road. I'm uh, being a, a full-time musician. I've been off the road since March. I've been doing a lot of um, online teaching. I've been doing a fair number of online performances. Um, but I'll tell you, I went up to Charlottesville, Virginia, and a friend of mine up there, he has got a big porch, and he, he invited about 40 people all spread out into their little bubbles, and I played for those 40 people. I never got closer than 20 feet away from them. But I played for those people, and Tom, I was as excited as if I had gone to Carnegie Hall. It was great. Well, you so know, I, can't, I can't wait to get back to, to playing for folks live. Well, one of the things that they asked the interviewees in, uh, on the television, the entertainers, I'm a big fan of the Kelly and Ryan show, and they have a lot of entertainers, is, do you miss the audience? You know, and, and obviously you do miss the audience. And, and um, you know, we are we are adaptable creatures. Humans are adaptable creatures. And I have learned that if I'm going to say something, you know, and, and, and try to say something amusing, I've got to wait for about five seconds until it goes through the Zoom call and people hear it. Uh, and then if you say something funny or you say something touching, it'll just take people a little bit of time to catch up. But they do. Um, and I've been running um, online singing sessions the last few weeks where folks get on a Zoom call and we take turns sharing songs, but it's mostly about the community uh, and building community. And for some of those folks on the call, they're, they're all by themselves. And so this is a little oasis for them. It's great. Well, I've been double locked up. Uh, I was, you know, I was in a recovery situation where I got right. locked in a hospital, and Mrs. Kearney couldn't even come see me. So I was, I was there, and I watched all the episodes of Golden Girls that have ever been made. And uh, <laughs> but you know, you you reminded me of something. Though there's a phrase, and and you, when when the, a good comedian makes a joke, they might say, you know, they make the joke, and there's a pause, and there's silence. And the person says, "Wait for it now. Wait for it." Now that's yeah. somebody who knows, that has timing. They know what's going on. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, um, I, I haven't thought of this joke in a long time, but but I want you to um, say to say to me, "I hear you're the best comedian in the world. What's your secret?" I hear you're the best comedian in the world. What's your secret? Timing. Time. <laughs> yes. There you go. You just, well, Rita Rudner, I don't know if you remember her. Well, <laughs> she had the best timing. And one of the best things, you know, when we do this, we ostensibly have a theme, but usually we just talk about what we want to talk about. And Rita yeah. Rudner, you know, she's one of those who ended up having a, a regular gig in, in, in Las Vegas. But uh, she could do something that I think really good comedians do, and that is she could plan a joke in minute three of her routine and collect on it in minute 15. You know, you, uh, that is that is an amazing performer that can do that. Well, the, the television uh, situation comedy Cheers that used to be on, that had the two yeah. barflies, uh, Cliff and Norm, 
they would they would lay jokes out that would be collected. They'd lay them out in the first five minutes, and they'd be collected at the end. That's that's when the laugh came. Let me tell you what I was going to ask you about tonight, and we might yes, talk sir. about it a little bit if you want to. And as you know, this is always at least half your program, uh, uh, because you're the brains of the outfit. And if there's some, and you've already talked to, uh, about your project, Francis, and you've been embarked on that. And feel free to go ahead. Uh, about a month ago, I had an author on, and you mentioned in his book. In fact, you're one of his sources. But it was David Menconi's book. Uh, oh, yeah, you had Menconi on. Yeah, he did a great job on. It's not an encyclopedia, but it's it's a you know it's a very good look at North Carolina music. And I was I was honored that he uh, he wanted to use me as a source. And they he, they actually asked me to give a quote for the book jacket. And that was, I was I mean I thought that was very awful fun. I know you had a comment. Uh, about Doc Watson uh, somewhere, but there are two or three things, uh, not not to run down the whole book, but that I thought we could talk about. In fact, I particularly wanted to talk about Charlie Poole because somehow yes. I got pretty far along in life before I had ever heard of Charlie Poole. I heard of him many times after I started working at WPTF because he's he's just sort of in the air. And today I listened to a few of his songs, and one of them was. Uh, uh, Whiskey River, I think, or something like that. You know, if the, if, uh, if the river, if the river was whiskey and I was a duck, I'd dive to the bottom and I'd never come up. Um, that may yeah. be, that may be the first ostensibly song that I ever heard in my life, ever learned. You know, because <laughs> it was popular in, in in well, it was popular from the twenties on, but I would have learned it about nineteen forty seven or sometime like that. Well, he was a he was a hard living. Rounder played classic style banjo, finger picked, not not that claw hammer and frailing that I do, um, and, uh, uh, and and had a real, I mean, a, a really strong voice that would carry to the back of a schoolhouse without a microphone. And apparently, he was, uh, according to David, a kind of an earlier version of, of what would be. He was he was a rock star. He wasn't. Oh, he absolutely was. He was he was making money hand over fist, you know, uh, selling seventy eights and doing personal appearances. Um, but the problem is, he'd go out, and he was his own worst enemy. He would go out, and he would um, he would go on a a bender for a month, sober up, come home, rest up, go out and do it all over again. Matter of fact, when uh, when it was his time, when he passed away. His nephew in the story, it might be apocryphal, but it, uh, it, it could be. He was he turned just straight yellow from from you know he probably died of liver failure. But his nephew came running down the stairs and said, "Mama, Mama, Uncle Charlie's dead in hell." <laughs> well, you know, uh, I saw a, a documentary piece that was made. Uh, uh, by some people at our state magazine, I think it was ran on WUNC about Charlie, and it said that he uh, he had uh, he got a, a couple of tickets, a bus tickets, I guess. I don't it may have been an air ticket. It was 1931, so who knows? But to, to come to Hollywood and bring his band, and he was going to play background music on a movie. Well, he he had it, and there was some some money connected to this, and he uh, started drinking, and his, his son, or not his son, but maybe his nephew, somebody, a friend, said he was drinking the booze out of the uh, wash tub with a dipper. 
And he basically oh, drank, my him, Lord. He drank himself to death before he could make the the movie. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, for, for uh, he, was, he, he was from the town of Spray, which later became Eden. Right. In fact, in the thing, the documentary thing that, that I saw, uh, they referred to the, the one of the ladies that it referred to Spray. And I, I just always think that story is kind of interesting because if you have a new North Carolinian, you can put to them out there looking for Leaksville Draper Spray and they won't find it, of course. It, That's right. It changed its name in the 60s, I think. If I well, remember. you know, there's a great radio station up that way, WLOE, uh, uh, the Land of Eden. Yep, I, re I remember. Uh, and I have a guest uh, uh, who's not a radio person, who's not an entertainment person, but I think he used to uh, work part time at WLOE. And, and I had a friend in college who was from. We're right on the line. Big Brewery for Miller. I guess I think it's closed now, but I'm, I'm not yeah. sure. But uh, it was. Uh, 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 well, anyway, in the western part of North Carolina, and the the. Uh, UNC Press has published some books, I think maybe sponsored in part by the Department of Cultural Resources about the, the traditional music in the mountains. And this one oh, the, Blue Ridge, uh, the Blue Ridge Music Trails in North Carolina. Yeah, I actually, when I was at the Arts Council, I helped, um, I helped promote that book. Um, uh, Fred, the author is Fred Fussell, um, yeah. and a beautiful job he did. Yeah, and especially considering he was not a native North Carolinian, and I gather not particularly... You know, he wasn't, didn't dislike bluegrass music. He just—it was a job. It was a write-up. That's right. what it seemed to say. But you—you know—you can go to the mountains and plan your trip and find that barber shop where they have a, a session on fr Friday nights after the barber that's shop. In, that's in Drexel. Okay, I knew you would not. Uh, and I used to say, you know, I—I I love the way words roll around. I used to say that you could—you could get a shave and a haircut out front and hear a, sh a shave and a haircut in the back. <laughs> Or you could go to Forest City or someplace like that, Spindale or wherever. But lots That's of right. Well, yeah, it's that book is is um, uh, I think they've done a, another printing of it, and it's it's for the the uh, venues and places are within 25 miles on either side of the Blue Ridge Parkway. So that's a the the Parkway is a is a great um, it, it's a it, sort of a a, a great um, uh, place to to start. Yeah, it's kind of a good spine for the the uh, and and it, and it also takes you easily from place to place without wandering around the mountains uh, as you might do otherwise. We, you know, I've already done it. Uh, when I'm having fun, I forget where I am, and I'm about four <laughs> minutes past where I'm supposed to take a break tonight. And I hope you're still well and, and be I'm careful. Doing doing well, and we'll. Uh... Uh, you you do all the break you need, and I'll be right here when you get back. Okay. I, I, what I wrote down out of David's book to, was was what, sort of what we did, and that is talk about Charlie Poole stuff. Maybe there's some other things in in that uh, uh, Bascom Lamar, whatever, and uh, other people. Who oh, sure. Were, and also, uh, I remember when he died. You and I, and and I'm I'm embarrassed because a very nice guy from Durham. You know his name. His father used. To State. He he worked at the Merrill Fest. Uh, you came. Stand oh, Bill, up. Uh, Bill Hicks. Yeah. Uh, we well we we did a kind of a memorial to to Doc, and so we and, to, and, and Doc. Yeah. Yeah. We need to talk about Doc a little bit tonight too, because oh, I love talking about Doc. We miss him. Well, uh, I I can believe that you would. Uh, 
Uh, and I learned a lot. David's book is really good because I learned a lot because it's not only country and traditional music. Uh, 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 it's got a lot of uh, jazz and... Uh, and and uh, and uh, African American music Afro- and gospel God. and and funk and uh, it's got a lot of great stuff in it. Black Boys Fuller is in there and all those people that came from Kinston, North Carolina. Mer- oh what's, yeah. What's his name? Mercy. Mercy. Uh, uh, Macy Maceo Parker. Macy Parker. Right. It's got yeah. a great picture of him in there. Uh, but anyway, we can talk about any of that stuff. We're talking about music tonight. We might end up talking about Mozart for all I know because uh, <laughs> Joe Newberry is our guest. And he is a musical person, and uh, we will be back with him. John, get ready in just a couple of minutes. Mm, Tom Kearney here. It's, uh, as I said, when we came on Wednesday night, 1027. Joe, because we went a little bit long, Joe Newberry is our guest tonight. He, I've just described him as a musician. He he plays traditional music, and I'm, I'm not going any further than that, Joe, to brand it if you want to, fine because you're the one who's playing it, but uh, 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 but uh, you help us understand music and get to talk about some, some musical stuff. But we only got about a minute and a half to two minutes until the news comes on because we went a little long. We were having a, such a good time. Uh, we were having a good time. I, I have a question, Tom, and I've, I've always wanted to ask this, and I've never, had, I never thought about it at the right time. What is that? What's the music... Coming back from the first break, what is that music that we just heard? I actually don't know. You see, that you know that it called, is so familiar, and so uh, maybe uh, uh, it's going to be batty until I find out what it is. One of the bumpers. Well, what is interesting about the music, uh, and, and sometimes people who do talk shows or rock and roll music shows or whatever put you know a lot of time into choosing what is called bumper music, and that's the music that leads you back into yeah. the program. Uh, I've never spent a lot of time doing that. In fact, I didn't pick this, and, and that, that's all right. I, I, we had one guy who got fired because the program director picked it, but he wanted played, and he wouldn't, didn't find it agreeable, so that was the end of that. But uh, well, uh, I, we, we, always, we always, you know, try and uh, make, make those program directors happy. But I'll tell you, my... Uh, I think what I did on my radio show back in in Missouri was Traffic Glad by Traffic. If you've never heard it, it's a great uh, it's a great piece of music. Right, and, and I didn't mean that I don't care about it, but when yeah. I took the, uh, the the theme song, the one at the beginning, someone asked me the name of it the other day. I do not know the name of it. Uh, one of my predecessors used it, and I liked it. Uh, I'm afraid one of my uh, the qualities that I've acquired. Oh, we okay, John. We're going to go right. ahead here for till all thirty-one. Right, yeah, we're, we're getting carried away. We'll we'll come back after after all the break. Okay, all right. We'll we'll do that. Uh, uh, <laughs> what, what I will do, John, to kill Joe's pot. I'll do a little promoing here, and we'll hit you on thirty-one, John. Uh, and that is uh, tomorrow night. We're going to have a nostalgia program. I'm not right quite sure what the topic it is, but for those who haven't heard them, what we do is we identify with some thing in the past that we wish were still here that is gone, like a, a simpler TV schedule or a telephone that where the operator said, number please, or you could still find a Zagnut bar somewhere if you, if you look for one, those kinds of things. And Friday night we're going to have uh, Thanksgiving movie trivia. Right now on WPTF, we're going to check the news. Wednesday night, Joe Newberry. 
Master Physician, General Factotum, is in fact our guest tonight, and we are talking uh, sort of across the spectrum. One of the things I like about it when Joe comes is that uh, we can talk about just about anything. Are you there, Joe? I am. I am, and I heard from John, and that that uh, the, the, uh, after the first long break, that music is Green Onion. And I, well, I, I, thought I, it was I green. could not recall it. I so thought it was Green Onions. I'm glad he popped in and told me. Yeah, I thought it was Green Onions, and it's uh, Junior Walker or somebody like that. Uh, Boy, it uh, sure is great. But uh, somebody picked them, and, and we, we have been satisfied with them. And I generally am one of those people who believes if it ain't broke, you don't have to spend a lot of time fixing it. And that, That's right. And that That's right. what goes on between the breaks, uh, not, not the bumper music, but the commercials and what you and I are saying to each other, may in fact be important. Let me tell you a couple of other things that I thought about talking about some tonight. Yes, sir. Uh, just for uh, Doc Watson. There is a really good chapter in David Benconi's book, which is uh, a history of music in North Carolina, popular music, uh, is the, the chapter on beach music. and I, it's, I, it's pretty fascinating. I, well, I found out the, the best definition of beach music. I can remember... You know, I was in college or high school or something, and, and you know, the kicks had uh, uh, a line, uh, you know, coming this weekend, beach music. And we knew they didn't mean those guys out in California, that surfing stuff. It was something else. Right. And uh, and if you're new to North Carolina and South Carolina, you may not, not, you know, you may hear that and you may wonder, what are they talking about? Well, a good definition is it's, it's, it's usually R&B type music that's played on jute boxes at the pavilion at Atlantic Beach that are not heard inland from there. Yep. I mean, you and and uh, the, uh, Danson, you know, uh, right. Danson with a partner and, and uh, uh, just, uh, I was I was lucky enough when I worked for the symphony, we did a, we, we did a show that uh, called From uh, Blue Skies and Golden Sand and it was, it was, um, Blues music, it was beach music and gospel music, and and we toured with the symphony, and had guest vocalists, and they had the legends of beach, which were some of the some of the folks who were in the Embers, some of the founders of the Embers, um, but all of those all of those uh, those beach music musicians, you talk about great musicians. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, and Jackie and, Gore was on that tour, and what a singer, Jackie Gore. Oh, my gosh. You know, you we talked about the, the bluegrass music in the western part of the state, and there's a book, uh, uh, blues, uh, one of Bluegrass Trails or something like that. Yeah. There is a, yes. they, they put a book out about black uh, music, American African-American music in the eastern part of the state. Uh, yes, that was uh, one of one of the series that used to the uh, the, the books were uh, Blue Ridge Music Trails, uh, Cherokee Heritage Trail, Garden and Countryside Trail, and the African American Music Trail, and uh, and then also Homegrown Handmade, which which uh, combined art roads and farm trails. And um, it, it was a real it was a real drive to to. Um, underscore and support and celebrate cultural tourism where you combine cultural activities with travel. Well, a lot of the groups that played in eastern North Carolina before 
uh, they say we're going before the Still Rice movement really opened things up, are still playing. Uh, yeah, you know, the guys are a lot older, and there was I learned a lot from that book, and uh, I I have a good friend from Rocky Mount that I was talking to today, and they used to play in the tobacco warehouses, and they would put a string down the middle of the road, I mean, in the middle of the tobacco warehouse, because that was the that was the biggest arena in the town, and I did not know this, but that that the black People would dance on one side of the rope, and white people would dance on the other wow. side of the rope. Isn't well, I, I, do, I do know that Blind Boy Fuller, the great blues musician, and, and other musicians, they would go down on Friday, and they would play outside the tobacco warehouses in Durham because Friday was payday, and there would, folks would have a, a couple of extra nickels that they would give. And so Friday was Friday was a big day for playing. Right, well, that was, uh, I think it, uh, they observed... Uh, David observed a Brian Boy Fuller, or at least the stories about him. That he basically got into music not because he was artistic, or uh, he you know did good work. Don't misunderstand yeah. me. But he basically had a family to support, and he had to figure out some way to make some money. And yeah. uh, and that, that's indeed what he did. But he's a person that I you know one of the ones that I would have heard from. And he there was a community of those musicians in Durham, but there were people all over Eastern North Carolina. I did not know. That Roberta Flack was a school teacher, I believe, in Farmville before she made it. That's right. She was she's born she was born in Black Mountain, at Black Mountain, North Carolina. Black Mountain, North Carolina. That's right. And a name. Um, no, North Carolina is shot through with great music of all all types. Um, you know, a real thriving indie rock scene. Um, that uh, Chapel Hill with uh, with uh, you know uh, Ben Folds. With uh, with the squirrel nut zippers, with with uh, super chunk, um, uh, and then the folk music scene where they play ramblers. Mike Cross, the the wonderful singer and fiddler and songwriter, uh, uh, Irish band called Touchstone. Uh, then the the traditional the traditional string bands uh, up around the Blue Ridge. As a matter of fact, we just lost the last. Surviving member last week of the Camp Creek Boys, which was this iconic string band. His name was Berlin Clifton, and he passed away at 93 last week. What a fine gentleman he was. Well, they used to have programs, and some of them were the early antecedents of uh, in Tennessee of the Grand Ole Opry. And, yeah. and I, uh, I was at a blood drive in Durham one time, and a guy came up and brought me uh, a uh, basically a folder that was an advertisement for a program on WPTF in 1938 that was about 10 different string bands. And, wow. And, and they were just string bands. The only name in it that I could find, and I can't even think of it now, uh, but you will know it, it was the Barefoot Boy from Broad Slap uh, uh, who used to have a, a nightclub on South Southern oh. Raleigh. We're getting old, Joe. Yeah, I know it. Yeah. I know it. But anyway, well, there, there, there know, was the, the Cherokee will say, I'm as old as my tongue and a little older than my teeth, so that's <laughs> all right. <laughs> well, I'm going to drop a name on you that's just really begun yeah. to be prominent, Nina Simone. Uh, yeah, the North Carolina Arts Council has been paying tribute over the last year to the work of Nina Simone. What a, she was an amazing um, musician and singer and, and uh, a real force. In, in music in the you know from the 40s on up as long as she lived right and, but she was she took her stuff off to Paris and uh, yep. and I think uh, what am I trying to say she she 
kind of oozed the French Frenchness, you know, and uh, the the kind of jazz and uh, I don't know. You're the musician here, but she was from, I believe, just so people will know, from Tryon, North Carolina. Yes, place where you well, uh, you know, that's that's a very common thing that North Carolina citizens, uh, especially in music and art and culture, North Carolina citizens become citizens of the world. And, you know, you, you think about Doc Watson. You think about um, the, the great potters down in Jugtown, whose, whose work is displayed in museums literally all around the world. Um, you think of great um, uh, Romare Bearden and, and uh, his, his paintings. It's just uh, North Carolina has a, a very, very rich heritage of arts and culture. Well, let me say, I think you can identify this place that uh, I think it's called the Mint Museum, and it's not the museum about the men, it's, but that it's called that in Charlotte that has beard, a lot of Bearden's pictures in it. Uh, uh, yes. Uh, well, you know, the, the, the men's, because one of the earliest gold rushes in, in um, America was at Reed Goldmine, and that's why they did a mint in Charlotte close to the Reed Goldmine. Well, uh, the, the original find at the Reed Goldmine was actually a nugget, like a 12-pound nugget, that they, the family who found the nugget, they used it as a doorstop. And let's say for our listeners that it's a state historic site, and you can go there now and and go through the tunnels and uh, where right. they had dug down. But yes, but, but yeah, they they took the old mint and made it into uh, made it into a museum there in Charlotte. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, we need to pause for another break. We're having a good time here tonight and and, and acquainting some folks uh, with. Uh, and I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit because once I have to grab a hold of something, sometimes I, I can't afford to let it go. But I did a program on the Hamlet fire uh, about a month oh ago. Oh, my gosh. Uh, wow. And it, but it cost us, the, the gentleman who had written the book, uh, which is a very good study of it, uh, he teaches at Temple, and he has his Ph.D. from Chapel Hill. But he uh, referred to the fact that uh, John Coltrane was from Hamlet, North Carolina. Another yes. musician. Pretty good. But sax player, if I remember. Yes, sir. That guy that just said, yes, sir, and he finally got it straight how this works. He says, <laughs> it's Joe Newberry, who I enjoy having on the program. Joe, I, I shouldn't say this on the air, but recently I had a birthday, and I, I set up this week to have three uh, of my favorite guests on. I know that you are my children, so I'm not supposed to have favorites, but... Uh, but the, you were the third of the three, so I'm glad you could well, be on. High, high praise, and I'm so glad. I'm so glad to be on and, and, uh, as uh, as one of your your birthday three. Your birthday three, exactly. Maybe you can become a recording group. And, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> my brother and I used to spend our time when we were walking the dog, coming up with names for the rock group we were going to create, and the final record label was going to be Guano. Uh, <laughs> But uh, it never came to pass. It turned out that we didn't have what it took, but it was fun thinking about it. We'll be back with Joe Newberry to talk more about musicians and music in North Carolina right after this. Dr. Newberry, are you there? Joe? How are you, Professor Cutting? Out of here. (laughs) 
I have a desire to know about where you are. See, I'm very familiar with Highway 70 being from Goldsboro. And, uh, well, it's funny that you should say so. I am just, uh, I'm on 70 at the Goldsboro exit. I can't believe that. Well, yes. ordinarily I would advise you to stop off at Wilbur's and get some barbecue, but, but we need <laughs> you to keep going tonight. Uh, uh, you know, I was just thinking this. You have really helped me um, in visiting. It's really helping the miles go by. It was a long day. I I got on the road at 6 this morning. I had to be down um, very early this morning. So it's been a long day. So this has actually been a this has been a real help. And well, I always love talking to you, Tom. Well, I remember this is a good way to, to travel, though, is to find a good show where some pleasant people are talking, not, you know, not growling at each other about politics. I remember Bob Costas, you know who he is, yeah. saying that if he, when he was a kid, he, his dad took him from wherever he was from, sort of your neighborhood, I think, because he's always had an affection for St. Louis. But he drove to the West Coast, and they listened to ball games all the way out there, you know, Vince Scully and all those people, and he just went, the miles just flew by. And that's what well, I like to You do. know, one of the things I've always loved about you and visiting with you is, is how much we both loved radio from the time we were little boys. And, and uh, you know, those cardinal games on my mother's transistor radio or on the car, uh, on the car radio, and and back then, Harry Carey, you know, he, Harry Carey is so identified now with Chicago, but for years he he broadcast. He was a color commentary for the Cardinals, you know, and we'd be riding along, and he'd say, "Balls down three and two. There's the swing call. Holy cow! Well, you were never sure how much." A Budweiser. It could be. Oh my gosh! And and if he ever said it may be, you knew it was a home run. Well, and they they had really an interesting crew because in the middle of the fifties, when I started listening, the broadcast crew was Harry, Jack Buck, whose son does the games now. That's uh, right. And uh, uh, Joe Garagiola, who had made himself famous by telling jokes about Yogi Berra. People don't realize that, that that's how he originally made his name was telling jokes about you. He created Yogi Berra, is what he did. Yeah. And uh, uh, Garagiola, was, he was a great play-by-play guy. Um, and Jack Buck had the, I mean, the, uh, the quintessential baseball announcer voice. Oh, yeah. You know, but it's been a hard, it's been a hard year for Cardinals uh, fans, you know, losing Lou Brock and Bob Gibson, two of my heroes, two of my two of my absolute heroes of my youth. Well, I have to agree with you. I, I was hoping that they would, in talking about Brock dying, would talk about the right thing. And uh, the right thing is that Lou Brock, I think he's number two on the list of stolen bases. But that's not what was important, I think, about Lou Brock. Is if he got on base, he scrambled the game, is what he did. He just yes. made, it, he made the pitcher just kind of totally nervous. And uh, Well... You know what a what a great what a great ball club that was in the six late uh, mid to late sixties. You know with Lou Brock, with Bob Gibson, with Pee Wee Reese, with Cha Cha Cepeda, uh, yeah, uh, and... Orlando Cepeda. I mean, uh, and so that I I um, I grew up you know in the far that way down in the boot hill. The closest big city to me 
where I lived was Memphis, but we were all Cardinals fans. And so we would go up to Bush Stadium and we'd go, go see the Cardinals play. And well, that was an, an amazing Well, thing. St. Louis is interesting to me, and it would be to you because you're almost a native, uh, because it, had, it has a ball team and it has a radio station that virtually everybody identified with. I mean, if you think of K- St. Louis, you right. think of KMOX. K- KMOX, that's right. And uh, I used to, I, I do like to do trivia shows, and the first, well, one of the first places I used to hear a trivia show was on KMOX on Sunday night. They had, and I can't think of his name right now, but they had a trivia show that was a professor from St. Louis University and the guy who was the original host of Jeopardy. Art uh, Art Fleming. Art Fleming. Yeah, he had, he was working for KMOX at that time, and uh, and I, I would uh, I would deliberately go to bed early so I could lie in the dark and listen to the trivia on, uh, oh, on Sunday awesome. night. Are we still there? Did we lose you? We are. Yeah. Okay. No, no. I was just I was just uh, I just had a little reverie of uh, of little Tommy uh, Kearney uh, listening to that that trivia show. That's a that's a cool memory. Well, they're not. I have a friend uh, in Stanford who's a radio nut like we are, and and you're right. There are not many of us left who uh, who uh, uh, look forward to the nighttime when you could turn it on and you could hear baseball games from everywhere. And and I was everywhere. And and KAAY, uh, down in Little Rock, and and WLS, the largest store. And you could well, and you also could hear baseball games. In fact. I will have to yes. invite you to come one night. I've done a, a series of programs at night because in the early days of rock and roll, uh, the radio stations in eastern North Carolina and North Carolina were mostly your mother's radio station, if you get what I mean. There was no rock yeah. and roll. And so we had to wait for the sun to go down. And that's what I call my shows is waiting for the sun to go down. But then you could hear Buffalo, you could hear Chicago, you could hear WABC. In fact, my friend tells me that Cousin Brucey appears on Sunday nights now, I think. He's doing a show. Uh, That's awesome. Uh, oh, Tom, I meant to tell you this. You know, I, I, I have been uh, doing, I, I've been uh, Twitter, you know, the old newspaper man in me. Twitter is, you can get a bunch of news on Twitter. And I, I follow some interesting people, including one of the people I follow is David Crosby of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young. Right. And he and I have been having some really nice Twitter conversations back and forth about guitars and music, and uh, but it just uh, it uh, it just uh, sort of knocked me out. It's like why why you're David Crosby? But he seems like a you know he's lived a, he's lived about three or four lives. He's gone through a couple of livers. We know that for sure. But yes, I, I, he's. It, so a much overused word, and then we're going to have to wrap it up because we're about thirty seconds to go here. Uh, we'll we'll have to invite you back soon, when, a night when you're not busy. Uh, but uh, uh, the uh, uh, oh, I've, I've lost my train of thought now with regard to to Crosby. But uh, he has uh, been getting a, a lot of uh, a lot of press uh, lately because of "Teach Your Children." Uh, that song. Uh, somebody. Uh, has, it's. It's a it's a great song, you know, and he's still making music. He's seventy nine, and he's making some great music. Well, and we have so, to uh, we have to go. Do you mind if I call you back at your cell phone after we're off the air? Oh, sure, sure. Okay. Be okay. Great. And uh, t- 
Tom, thank you as always for having me, and, and thank you uh, to the good folks at uh, 680 um, uh, for, for continuing on this, this great show, and uh, uh, it's always an honor to be on the Tom Kearney Show. Thank you, Jeff. Jim Newberry, on the road. We'll be back tomorrow night with Nostalgia.